Welcome to NARPM Radio, your source for property management practices and ideas to help your career, delivered to fit your busy schedule. NARPM Radio, get tuned in. Downturns are nothing new. I've seen a cycle like this in the 80s from the savings and loan crisis where 32% of saving and loan banks failed. I was a VP of sales for a technology company during the dot-bomb era. We started our first company right around 9-11, and people thought we were nuts and we weren't going to make it. It was in real estate, and we bought our first four investment properties our first month in the business. People said we were naive and stupid for what we were doing. We were investing in the wrong area, the wrong time, and we were never going to succeed. Fast forward to 2005, when we started our brokerage firm with a broker that we had just met. Again, crazy, stupid, risky. Fast forward to July 31st in 2007. HSBC, the lender, closed their doors, and we had a bunch of money tied up in a rehab that we were supposed to have closed on that day. Fortunately, it was delayed, and we closed a couple days later. But that was the day we saw the handwriting on the wall and knew that we needed to prepare for the financial debacle that was coming. In 2008 through 2010, we had many clients lose their homes. Tenants pay their rent while these homes were in foreclosure. We had to shift our mindset to get out of the way. Investors were not going to help us get through this. So? Mark and I were awarded the Pinnacle Award for Small Business of the Year. So what that meant was in Gwinnett County, which is where we live, we actually were featured as the Small Business of the Year. That's with no REOs, no foreclosures, just helping homeowners one at a time. And we weren't familiar with how to do that at that time. I was closing about 70 houses a year to what are owner-occupied, which I had not been selling to prior to that, but we changed, we adapted. We're like a chameleon. We put on a different color because we had been selling to investors. We made a decision. We're going to sell our way out of this. I started driving people around and just describing, isn't this a pretty home? So we had no bank financing, no SBA loans. We had limited credit. So we really had to get creative and learn new skills. And we did that by helping people. We helped about a thousand people over time through our coaching, mentoring, and just being real. We we succeeded and we shared with other people how we became successful. And that blessing became a, a big, big abundance from that. So we're here today to help you focus on what's really important, to give you practical tools, not only to survive, but to thrive like we did. So you can see the progression from the dot-com struggle to the real estate collapse to the corona pandemic. We can get through this. For those of you who might not know me, my name is Ann Lackey, and I'm the co-founder of Hire Smart Virtual Assistants, as well as a broker in the Atlanta area. And I'm Mark Lackey, co-founder and co-owner of a property management company and a serial entrepreneur, as my wife calls me. He always has a new idea, which is why we wanted to meet with you guys today to give you some tools, some tips, some information. I know we're all tired of hearing about how bad it's going to be. 
So we wanted to give you guys some practical information and we're going to do it in a way that hopefully helps you organize your thoughts so that you can move forward. So right now we're gonna tackle three areas. We have health and safety, your financials, and staffing. As a staffing provider, we think it's important that we come alongside you in this time to share with you what you can do. But let's talk about health and safety first. So what needs to change right now to protect your staff, your clients, your customers, and your business? And the CDC gives a lot of rules and regulations and guidelines. We're going to talk about a few other things besides just those safety guidelines. But here we go, Ann. To be clear, we have several businesses that fall into the, these basic categories. We have a property management business. We have a real estate team. We do rehabbing. We do consulting. We have a staffing company and we do training. So we have multiple businesses that touch around a whole lot of different things. Our counseling and staffing and training business really poses a low threat to health risk because we're not required to be in public. However, our other businesses absolutely do. Some of you guys may be in property management, you may own a brokerage, you may be in sales, you may be providing technology services, real estate investing, janitorial. We have a lot of different clients and friends on this call. And it really doesn't matter what business you're in. Right now, you need to review your protocol, your protocol for your staff. So we've done a lot of things over the years that in our property management business that has helped us in this time. And so we wanna share with you historically what we've done and why we did it and why we, we think you should might consider doing it as well. And then we're gonna share with you things that we've implemented post COVID. So Mark, why don't you get us started? Yeah, when we got started about 17 years ago, we started showing homes, vacant homes, all by themselves, self showing. So it wasn't new for us to give a code to somebody when they called in to go out there. We don't meet the people on site. We are not agents letting them in the doors. And we've done that with self-showing and have had only one complication and a couple of messy toilets, but that's about the extent of it. Other things we've been doing is allowing our prospects, people that want to see these homes that maybe don't want to drive over, use the code to go in and view, to view from home with a truly, truly great virtual tour with a program that's called Matterport that we hire out. And we've been using Matterport for three years, and it really has come in handy in today's environment. Interestingly enough, closing your office to the world is something that all of us are doing, but we've done for 19 years. We have never had an office that have allowed guests. And I know when we talk to a lot of our property management friends, they are shocked yeah. by that. We've never had an owner come by. We've never had a tenant come by. Employees are the only people that are allowed in our office. And vendors. And, 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 <laughs> and you know, yeah, our technology people, they have to sign a, a safety, security, and non-disclosure agreement when they come in and work on our computer. But you can have a closed office and still continue to operate. That is a non-technical way to continue to operate. We use a lot of technology in our business. 
And we use things like this, which is GoToWebinar, we use GoToMeeting, we use Zoom, we use DocuSign, and certainly we can talk a little bit more about that later on in the presentation. But one of the best things we ever did in our office was, Mark? We allowed dogs. <laughs> we have a dog. It's our comfort dog. And y'all in the industry understand comfort dogs, <laughs> That's right. comfort animals. But, you know, when times are stressful and the tenants are calling in and you can't get something done quick enough for them or they have an issue and it gets stressful, it's nice to have our little comfort animal. Adrian comes along and rubs up against you and you can pet him and get comfortable again. So some of my um, higher smart clients often can hear him in the background every yeah. once in a blue moon. Interestingly enough, things that are as simple as no touch receptacles for trash. You know, that sounds silly to some degree, but we've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. You step on a button at the floor, it pops open, you drop something in. So that's great. Now, so, here's some of the things we're starting to implement, right, Ann? Right. So these are now post-COVID. <laughs> so now everybody that comes into our office, which again, we have an employee of one, so it's very easy, of course, ourselves too, but so we're doing this for our employee as well for us is, you know, washing our hands upon entry into the office is now mandatory. No physical contact and maintaining a safe distance. We like to use gloves when handling packages, mails, or if we're entering a vacant home. Yeah, I was just out at a place today and had gloves on at a vacant home. We wash our hands. We, we've been using those heavy duty, we call them the Playtex gloves that you wash your dishes with. Dishwasher gloves. Yeah, we wash those after we do this for 20 minutes. You know, if we use those gloves at the uh, hospitals and all use, we'd be using them and throwing them and using them and throwing them. So we try to be good stewards and using those heavier Playtex white gloves. And everybody's got some under their sink, I can guarantee you. We've also been looking at and evaluating maintenance and renovation work. Used to, we'd get a call from a tenant and the tenant would say, I need somebody to come out and look at something. We just send our maintenance repair person, appliance person, whoever it is out there. Now we're requiring them to do either a live feed or photos so that our maintenance person can hopefully gather the materials in advance. If they know they need to get a gasket for a refrigerator or they know they need a particular item, it's a lot easier than making multiple trips. And also cleaning the common areas nightly, all the light switches, the, the doorknobs, all the buttons and things that you don't think about, you never thought about before, we need to clean those. And we do that every night. Because we wanna make sure you're taking care of your staff. So the first thing that we would tell you on health and safety is keep your staff safe. And so reviewing their protocol changes to keep them safe, I think is super important. The next one, of course, is reviewing the protocol changes for the way you do business. It's not business as usual, it's business as unusual in today's terms. So in our world, we, again, talking about our, specifically our property management business, we only decided a long time ago to manage single family homes. And so some of the changes that we've implemented in our protocol were, you know, locking out a property once it's secured by a resident for 72 hours before move-in. So we have a move-in coming up on Friday. Today is the last day anybody can go in. And then it's nobody's going to see it because we feel like that's a good amount of time for everything to, to settle yeah, down. No handyman in there. No, no nothing. So we don't have any activity in that. We also have stopped showing homes with tenants in them. Used to, we would show those 30 days before the end of the lease, and we'd show them with agents with a super lock box and coordinating certainly through the tenant. 
but we've stopped that so there's no interaction with a prospect or an agent coming in with a current tenant. We're also reviewing and prioritizing maintenance requests. I will say for the amount of people that are home, we manage around 200 doors. We haven't really gotten a whole lot of maintenance requests. And yeah, I'm shocked. I am too. We haven't gotten requests and I haven't gotten a whole lot of bills. So, But we did at the beginning of this, what, eight days ago, I guess it was, told everybody that standard maintenance may be limited and we would certainly deal with emergency type stuff, but I think everybody has heeded that message that we got out earlier that would help curb those calls. But we are prioritizing them and looking at them and seeing how urgent they are. And then what's the what's the protocol for the vendors to come in where we reviewed that? And then what's the protocol that we tell the tenant? If we were managing multifamily or commercial areas or you know, managing HOAs, Here's some other things that we would certainly make sure that we would do. We would wear what is called personal protection equipment, PPE. Everybody knows that term now, PPE. We, we used it a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we, we are wearing gloves, masks when appropriate. We're keeping clean. We're sanitizing, carrying hand sanitizer, carrying wipes with us, and making sure that we're wiping down going in and coming out. But we're only doing what is necessary. And if it's something that would be nice to be done, we may be skipping that for some period of time. Certainly, if you've got common areas like a uh, clubhouse, pools are not open yet, and I don't think we're going to be planning for many of those opening soon. I hope we do, but, I know, but you know, it doesn't look <laughs> like that. Listening. But uh, clubhouses and all, I know in our state, no more than a group of 10 people can get together. And in the city of Atlanta, it's, there's limitations. So every place has some limitation, but you don't want a group of people congregating. So you're probably closing down some of those gyms, some of those uh, common areas where people would get together. But I would say if you have a laundry area in a multifamily unit, you need to increase the cleaning of that particular space. So you need to just kind of review your changes in operations. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that a little bit later on as well. But the next thing is really to review your technology, your partnerships, and your vendors. And so let's kind of start with technology. You know, right now, I think most of the U.S. is working from home. If they're not required to by law, most people are choosing like we do to kind of keep it down, make sure you're minimizing social interaction, social distancing, all of that good thing. So there's some things that you need to think about in, in that as well. Like what changes do you need to help your employees from a work at home environment? Not everybody has fast internet. Maybe not everybody has a computer. You know, maybe their kids do you, you, or webcams or speakers or something. So the resources may not be available there. So looking at that, we know one company had their staff take home their computers so that they could work from home. Right. So do you have excess equipment that can be reallocated? How do you make arrangements for your employees to, to do all of that? Because I know a lot of people, if they have multiple people at home, older kids, they're having to do school online. They've got mom and dad or, or partners or whatever. You know, they're all accessing this technology, which can be Internet it issues. It can bog down the 
internet and and the feed coming in. And not everybody has a piece of equipment anymore. Right. So I mean, it, it may be time for asking the employees to upgrade the the bandwidth coming in. You may want to help compensate them for that time period so that they have enough bandwidth to work. And then realistically, what can be accessed remotely? You know, do you have a plan? Uh, a lot of our clients at HireSmart obviously use remote staff all the time. So they're more, much better prepared for this. But we've got people on this call that don't use our services and have never thought, even thought about using a virtual assistant. And so they don't really know what to do. They don't know what can be accessed. And certainly that's what we're trying to do is help those types of people in today's webinar. Because there's there's tools like voice over the Internet, VOIP telephones where you can basically call from anywhere in the world and, and it looks like you're calling from the office. There are softwares that can do something similar too. I know if you're making a call on your cell phone or your employees are, they may want to be blocking those phone calls. What, what's the code to do that, Ann? Star 67. Yeah, so they don't share that information with owners and tenants. Or you slide out and have it automatically go to voicemail. Right. Lots of different tools. In, in the webinar, under the handout section, I have provided for those of you who are interested some tools that you can look at and what the different tools do. So make sure you go ahead and snag a copy of that. If for whatever reason you can't download it, at the very end, I'm going to give you my email address and feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to give you whatever I can do to help you be successful. The next thing to kind of review are your vendors. How are they implementing safety precautions? Especially again in the property management world, you know, we're going into residence homes. We don't know whether they are have a sickness or, or not or had somebody in there. So you want to make sure you're educating your vendors as to what you have as a protocol for keeping them safe as well as the residents. You know, this is a great time to kind of look at your business and figure out where are the holes that are there and how can you address them? I mean, it, it may take a long time to get voice over IP, but it might be time to order it today. It might take some time to get some new software and brought on board and installed, but it may be time to do that. If things are a little bit slower at your business, it's a great time to implement things for change. So not to talk about probably a lot of what you guys are afraid of. And you'll find that Mark and I are not afraid to handle difficult topics because we know it's in our best interest to have these conversations now rather than later. So let's talk about reviewing the finances. I think the first thing that we need to do is really, you know, kind of evaluate what is the realistic financial impact that you're going to have on your business. It, it's not what Facebook and the rest of the world says that the world is ending in the next 24 hours. There's a realistic point of view that you can and you should have on your business. For example, in the property management business, we hear all of our people in the area and on our listservs where we can see, talk about, oh, people aren't gonna pay, this is gonna happen, this is gonna happen, oh, I'm gonna lose this business. We went through and evaluated because there, there's a big concern for us to have a constant flow of finances coming in with rents. And the people out there are just blowing it up, thinking that nobody's going to be able to pay their rent. And while I do believe that that is a a cause for concern, clearly. One of the things we did to find out how big is this bread box 
is we had our virtual assistant go through the tenant files and determine which residents were in high-risk positions. And by high-risk, I mean bartenders, servers, food services, hospitality. And from there, we were able to extrapolate the data and find out that there was a in our in our world in our business very small yeah. less than 10 percent yeah eight percent of, of our tenants are in hospitality yes. service business look, looking at that if all those lost their jobs yes my business could drop what eight percent correct but if you listen to the world out there it sounds like there's a larger proportion so you want to get a realistic view of what the impact could be to your business so you can plan appropriately and just not plan for doomsday. So we operate in facts, not in speculation. And so if you're a property management company and you are relying on rents, I highly recommend that you do the same process. Look at your residents, look at what the impact is going to be and face it head on. You know, if you're a property management company and you live in areas like Las Vegas or some of the, the high tourist things, you are going to have a, a different protocol and plan that you need to prepare for than we do here in Atlanta, Georgia. So you want to make sure you face up to that. But again, is it realistic or is it speculation? And then you want to get ahead of that. So you need to call your banker this afternoon and get a line of credit or extend and expand your existing line of credit. I know in December, we tripled what we had. I didn't know we were gonna have this, but <laughs> no. we went ahead and tripled our line of credit. And what? let me share an experience from eight, nine, and 10 was, I had four lines of credit and the bank shut down three because they were afraid I was gonna use them. So I went out immediately and drew 100% of that fourth line of credit so I had those dollars available to me. So looking at that, look at and talking to your banker. And remember, you, there's home equity lines and all that get closed down. There's things that can happen. So do that. And if your banker is also involved with the SBA and does small business loans, make an application today for it. Don't wait till the big curve of people comes that are going to be applying for these loans. Do it today. If you have a current lines of credit, now is also a time that you may want to renegotiate it. I'm not saying that sometimes that's a good thing, sometimes that it's not. I know in the downturn in 2008, you know, they nobody wanted to lend to anybody that was had anything to do with real estate, right? Yeah, we couldn't so, get a copier company to deliver our copier, copier. because I mean, we were involved with real estate. So, so you know, you need to be careful, but again, just have the conversations. You'd rather know now that you can expand a line of credit than when you really, really need it. They're in the habit of giving you credit when you don't necessarily need it. Uh, so make sure that you go ahead and do that. The next thing that you should review when it comes to your finances is your staff. Do you need to write stuff? And I know this is not necessarily the most popular topic on the planet because we love our people. But many times we love the people but we've been putting off necessity of making some changes. You see, Mark and I talked to hundreds and hundreds of property managers, business owners, and things like that. And oftentimes we find that their staff is... They're a little fat. They're a little fat. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah, they're, they're a little, a little fat. They're, they're, and again, 
If they're utilizing in a capacity in a role that you don't want to do, then that makes total and complete sense. But a lot of times, you, you, I see people in positions that are just afraid to have the conversation. And right, wrong, or indifferent, now is a great time to be able to have conversations that you've been meaning to have, but haven't had the wherewithal to do. So, you know, change changes that you've been putting off. Right now is the time to evaluate every role in your business, every responsibility. Including yours. Including yours. You know, you, this is your chance to redesign and reinvent yourself. <laughs> so, so look at it. You know, then go through, once you have the roles established and, and what the, the role is and what they're responsible for and what you need them to do, then you look at your people. Who's really in the right seat on the bus? Remember, this goes back to good to great, right? So who's sitting in the right seat? Do you need to move seats around? Do you, you know, who is the staff members that you have to keep because they're so amazing? And we did this five years ago with our clients and we ranked all of our clients and we got rid of the bottom 20%. Why? Because they created 80% of the work, but it's the same time you, at this time, you can go through and evaluate your staff because people might not be working to the best of their ability in one area, but they would serve well in another. So you have time to do some cross training. So, yeah, who's a must to keep? Who isn't pulling their rate? It needs to be reassigned, and that reassignment could be to your competitor. I think it's also important at this time that now that you've got your perfect kind of outline of your staff, what it looks like, and you've got the right people in the right seat is, you know, defining the expectation of the role and define the capacity of each person. So when we did this, we went to our one employee and we said, look, how many doors could you do if we took X, Y, and Z off your plate? And she says, well, I could do up to 250. Great. So no she, did, she just didn't want to answer the phone because it interrupts or answer emails all day because they interrupt. So we hired her a virtual assistant and now she's doing twice as much as she used to. And we changed our organizational structure. So a lot of times when I'm talking with specifically my higher smart clients and they always want to know, well, how are you set up? And we set up kind of in this interesting hybrid situation. Some of you guys, again, you're in the property management world. You have portfolio, which means you have one person who takes care of a wide variety of tasks, or you have departmental where one person only does one thing. And we set up like that in the beginning. Or you have a hybrid and a pod. And we're kind of in between the hybrid and the departmental, mainly because I think people excel in a particular type of role and function and that they're best suited for that function. I don't believe that you can be great at everything, not even me or you, Mark. That's true. Um, so, you know, having people operate in their best, I think, is super important. Um, and then you need to look at your technology and see what really works and what makes sense. Because if you're not working from home, things are going to be done a little bit differently. Things are going to need to change, right? Right. So, you know, some of the things that we used to do is we, believe it or not, went back a long time ago when we printed and mailed our lease renewals. We used to send it out snail mail. So we went to DocuSign a while back, a couple of years now, and now, at least on renewals, we still do some stuff in person. But, you know, can you do DocuSign? That saves some postage and, and things like that. New tenant orientations. Right now, at least 
pre-COVID, we meet them at the property. We do a walkthrough. We do a new tenant orientation. Uh, we do reviewing of, of all of that there with the resident because we think it's important for them to know. But now we're looking at what are some other options? Uh, at this point, we haven't made a change because we don't have to. But if I was in one of those states where you couldn't, you know, it was more on lockdown, we would use Zoom to review all the documents just like we were in person. And then we would use the electronic signing and we would drop the keys keys off. Yeah, our people stay six feet apart from the tenants. They have gloves for the tenants. They have sanitizer. So they offer a pen to the tenant and it can be sanitized right there on the spot. So the things to make your people feel comfortable is what's important. Yeah. Do you need to look and evaluate how you're doing your move in inspections? You know, should you be using contractors like maybe there, in our industry, there's a company called Onsite Pro or could you pay your contractor to do it on a per incident basis rather than having somebody there all the time to do so? You know, posting rents, sending invoices. Uh, we actually don't use a portal. We have um, a collection process that sends emails out every Monday for past due accounts. And honestly, we're going to talk about this in a little bit. You need to evaluate your collection policy. How are you collecting? Because especially those of you that are in property management or landlord, individual landlords, you know, collections is going to be something that is going to change here fairly rapidly. Then you need to look at your budget and really review what is a luxury? What can you do without? And, you know, you've got staff you've got to keep, your property management or whatever your operating software for whatever your business is. And then the support staff that you have. For us, our contractors, our maintenance people, our handymen, we pay them weekly and they love us for that. They get an invoice in by Friday, a check's in the mail on Monday. So they know they're going to get paid. If they're working for somebody that waits 30, 60, 90 days, and we hear that there are companies that delay payment, they're not going to work for them. They're going to work for us because they know they're going to get their money quickly. You need to also look at how can you repurpose people. So those of you that have a, a contract with maybe a janitorial service to clean your office space, well, if you can't do that, maybe they can freshen up your vacant homes. We, we think that we need to keep the money flowing as much as possible and take care of the people that are important to you. So, again, having that budget where you're having your expenses kind of prioritized is going to help you make better decisions in those particular areas. For business owners, again, in property management, you need to watch your owner's reserves. Don't allow your client's reserves to become too low because if they can't pay for repairs, we have an issue, right? Think about taking credit cards through PayPal and charging them the upcharge or the fee. Get those things in place now and then ask your contractors if they take credit cards. Have your client pay them direct and then you charge your, your work order fee. And kind of backing up a little bit, if you're paying your, your client, your owner's mortgage, their insurance, their taxes, any of those things, and you don't have a reserve for that, you're putting their property at risk and putting you at risk too. And if rents aren't coming in as you would have normally expected, you need to be prepared for that. So it's a good time to start flagging those files, to start keeping an eye and start raising some of those reserves to meet those requirements. For the other business owners that are on this webinar, you know, you also need to watch your receivables. You know, you need to get maybe a different type of a payment plan, getting your fees up front, 
taking credit cards like we shared earlier, or giving gift discounts to get the cash now versus the terms. So, you know, again, it's about doing business differently. Don't get stuck thinking, well, I can't do something because this is the way I've always done it. Innovate. And we're going to give you some examples of what we've had our friends and, and people that we've known really innovate a lot. So in our virtual assistant business, it's gotten people to have staff that are working remotely. And many of them have told us, well, we've been able to decrease the footprint size of our office. We've been able to decrease the size of the internet service coming in because we don't have as many people working there. All of those things need to be looked at. If you own your building and you can start subletting space because you have people now working from home or you're using something like a virtual assistant, this is a perfect time to start thinking about that and minimizing what your costs are for that physical space, whether it's leased or owned. And then one of the things we want to tell you to do is be, be prepared to take advantage of situations and opportunities. Sadly, they're going to be businesses that suffer. You know, how can you help them while making good decisions for you? So can you buy up your accounts? Can you work with your quote unquote competitors and combine or use use some of the labor together. Maybe you don't have a full-time job. They don't have a full-time job, but you have needs that you can maybe split an employee. There's lots of different ways that you can do that. Maybe a good time to acquire accounts. You know, again, be prepared to think, not doom and gloom. How can you help? And helping others really will eventually help you. And so the last point on this slide is, what can you do to help other people stay solvent? And so we wanted to give you some inspirational stories as part of this. So Mark, why don't you tell people about David? Ann and I do yoga three to four, maybe five times a week, and we love it. And it keeps us limber and flexible, keeps our minds clear. Well, our yoga studio shut down. So you know what David did? He got together a program so that he could Zoom from his house, the yoga class, and now there's 15 or 20 of us every evening at 7 o'clock on yoga, all together like we usually are. Afterwards, he turns everybody's microphones on, and we chitter-chat with each other. We have that social time. It really breaks things up and gets it back to normal as we can be. So Thanks. that's a great way he's adapted, and he still now has cash flow coming in because he's offering the same services. Right. So he should have very minimal impact. And now that he knows how to do it online, he can actually has no boundaries. He can actually have people, even you guys, on the yoga studio, and it doesn't matter. Another one that I love is a restaurant has a food truck, and they were worried about not being able to, you know, have people in the dining room. And so... I, we recommended that they go to neighborhoods like the ice cream truck did. <laughs> so, start ringing the bell. Start ringing the bell. But telling you know, using platforms like Nextdoor, saying, "Hey, we're going to be we're going to be in this area. We have ten dollar tacos or whatever. It doesn't really matter what they're what they're doing, but they can pre order online, have it delivered, and it keeps them moving." which keeps them buying materials, which keeps their suppliers in line, which keeps, again, that money flowing. Now, we eat out. We try to eat out five of seven days a week now. We're we never really, did that before. Yeah, we're not eating out, but we're getting food brought in. It's either Uber or Dash or whatever, or we go curbside and pick it up. We want to support our local businesses. We want those restaurants there 
when things are starting to turn around in four, six, eight, 10, 12 weeks. Whenever that is, we want them there. But one of the restaurants, if you spend so much money, is offering a roll of toilet paper as a bonus. Now, that's great, isn't it? That's genius. He has a bunch of toilet paper because he's a commercial building. He's not using it because nobody's coming in. People need toilet paper. I think it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. So he wins the thinking out of the box award for me. And the key here is think about that. Think out of the box. So if you're a chef, you know, can you organize menus for people? A lot of people are having to eat at home. They don't know how to mix ingredients. They don't know what to do. So, you know, a a quick little menu a day from a subscription program would be great. Teaching cooking classes via Zoom. Servers, people that serve can transition hopefully over to delivery. Business can still get done. It just needs to be done differently. And something that I found, too, is for those of you that have short-term rentals, Think about doing extended stay for people who are in between housing. We're seeing that happen now where people, you know, they can't go where they were going. And so they need temporary type housing. They don't want to have it furnished and they don't want to be in a hotel or in a motel. VRBO is off tremendously on that. On that tone of doing things differently and doing other jobs, you know, if the people in the service industries that are, in our case, our tenants come to us and say they've lost jobs. We provide them with resource information from our local counties and so forth. And we also give them, there's a list of over 600,000 jobs that are now available from Dollar General, Walmart, Instacart, Walgreens. There are so many jobs in the service industry that are available that are going unfilled because the needs are changing. The needs are changing tremendously. So have them look at that and help people out. Yeah, we actually created a resource per county that we're giving to those that that need it. Um, So let's talk about a little bit more about staffing, because this is an area that obviously our clients are very familiar with. But again, we have lots of people that are not clients on this call. We now have office staff working from home. And, you know, for those of our Hire Smart clients, you are well at an advantage because you know that this is possible and we've taught you everything that you need to know. And and that's for many people, it's been kicking and screaming because they didn't want somebody that didn't work in their office. They were totally opposed to it. But now... It's mandatory, right? It is. And it may seem unnatural. And so we wanted to make sure that we give you the tools and resources and that we are happy to share with all of you. All I'm going to ask is that because we have a lot of people on this call that you will email me and my email will be at the end on the slide with that for your information, because we have a lot of resources that we want to share. But we're going to kind of go through the highlights of that. So one of the best things that you can do is guide your staff. And the way that you guide them is you kind of share with them one-on-one, what's the expectation? So is the expectation that they work eight to five? Is the expectation that they work eight to noon? When can they take breaks? How are they going to handle their children, their their family? Children do not understand what's going on, guys. They have no clue. All they know is that their world is not what it used to be and their routines are all out of whack. We see this with our grandchildren. You know, it, it is different. And so it is taxing on the parents. And I think us as small business owners really need to have a little bit of kind of compassion for that, If you're, especially if you're not stuck in the same boat. So we don't have little kids in our house. But we have we have kids that have kids. And so we hear about that. But the key on managing people 
is to set those expectations. Right. Maybe you work for 50 minutes, deal with the kids for 30 minutes, whatever it is so that you can do that. And then develop KPIs, which stands for Key Performance Indicators for every person in every department. So the reality is hopefully now you've looked at your staff and you go, okay, I know I want to keep Susie and Rosie and Joe, and these are the roles that they're going to work. And so giving them benchmarks to hit through KPIs is really, really important. If you don't know what KPIs are, shoot me an email. I've got a great uh, article about it that I can give you as well as some other resources. But you want to make sure that you set these up so that you understand what business is getting done and what is a potential to fall through the cracks because you don't want stuff to fall through. The next and final thing, of course, is connecting with your team. And my advice to this is don't make it complicated. Right, Mark? Yeah. <laughs> Simple connecting with your team. You're going to meet with them regularly. I know we, we have a Thursday staff meeting. Everybody's there. Half the people there are on screen. Okay. They're on screen. They're not physically there, but they're participating in the meeting. They're taking notes and so forth. Other than that, though, all through the week, there's huddles that go on, right, Ann? That's because right. priorities change, work requirements change. If something comes up and we need to get something done. So Ann zoomed something off to Alvin the other day, says, I need four hours from what you're normally doing. I need you to redirect and I need this done. So those types of huddles need to happen. And you've got to check in and out with your staff every day, starting the day and ending the day. We highly recommend that you have your staff share their daily accomplishments. You can do that through KPIs if you have them. Otherwise, just a quick email saying, here's, here's what I was able to do today. We teach all of our virtual staff to do what's called a close of business report. And now all of our staff does close of business reports. Because so what you've done during the day, what's open, because... You know, if Alvin would have not been able to finish that work he was given to get done in four hours, if it was going to take longer, his close of business report would have reflected, hey, I've got 15 more minutes to do that job. I need an hour or whatever it is the next day. So what was done, what's not done, and who you need help from. Right. Super simple. You know, tell your staff to maintain as much normalcy as possible. So we require that everybody get up at a specific time, report in at a specific time, dress for work. Just because we're working at home doesn't give you the excuse to look like a Muppet. No, we get up at the same time. We have our breakfast, well, shower. We Ann puts on makeup. We get dressed in our work outfits. We have breakfast and then we go to work. We keep that routine every day because, one, we don't know who we may see on screen. But, two, that routine is going to be helpful to make sure that your staff knows that they need to be focused on that work. And what can be worse than somebody that's not? I know we had two webinars this no, last Yeah, week. two virtual meetings. It wasn't webinars. No, it was virtual meetings. Two virtual meetings with people. Two professional people. That we needed to talk with. And sure enough, they didn't get up. They were still in their PJs and they were sitting in bed having a conference. Now, is that the kind of a company of person that I want to do business with that doesn't have enough respect actually to get up? I don't know. Yeah. So, again, when I'm probably the, the queen of time blocking. I recommend it. I teach it. I live it. Now's a great time to get a hold of your schedule. Get a hold of it and tell your team, time block. What are you going to work? Put your big rocks in for the week. 
the other stuff will suit itself out. You know, make a point to check in using all the tools. There's Slack, Skype, IM, video chats, email, Google Hangouts. It doesn't really matter. But also make sure that you connect on a personal level. Have a lunch via Zoom. If you normally go to lunch with Susie every day or every Friday in the office, have lunch with them. We're actually having, uh, we're doing this personally. We're having dinner with, with some, friends some friends Friday, Friday night. night because literally I need to talk to somebody other than Mark sometimes because it you just need to keep that routine, right? So have a virtual lunch. For a lot of you, you guys may be thinking, what do I do? My work is decreased. I'm on lockdown. My staff is slow. So we wanted to give you guys some very practical tips for what you can do right now. So get your pen and paper out, guys, because this is we're going to have to go through this pretty fast. So, Mark, why don't you talk about audits? In our property management business and in many businesses where you have people that work with you, companies and so forth, you've got specific requirements of contracts. Our contracts require that our owners and our vendors have workers' compensation uh, for our vendors and general liability, and they need to have that and name us as additional insurers. For our owners, they need to have a landlord policy, and it has to name us as additional insurer. Our tenants, not all of them, but some of them will have rental insurance and some of the requirements for renter's insurance. But when is the last time you as a company have gone through and audited and know that every contractor has their worker comp insurers in place and names you on their general liability as additional insured. And if you're not in property management business, let's look and use our Yogi Master as an example. Every time you go into the studio for the first time, you have to sign a waiver. Well, if you're doing business differently now, if you're having people come online, I, is every waiver signed for every person that's paying? You know, that would be something if I was his business coach, I would recommend that he do. Same way with, you know, attorneys. Do you have your do you have your agreements put together? So there's a lot of what we would call compliance, no matter what type of industry you're in, that can use that audit services, right? So Mark? it's a good time to audit. Go through all of your clients, all of the people that you have relationships with and make sure that they have what should be in place, insurance-wise, forms-wise, releases, whatever those things may be, and make sure that they're the current one. Right, because you may have made a change, but you didn't get it updated. Calls, people want to hear from people. They Again, we're a human to human, and being separated like this is affecting a fair amount of us. So you may want to check in on your customers. If it's slow, Call your customers and talk to them. How are you doing? What do you need? You know, how can I serve you? What can I do to, to help you? Um, if personally, if I was a dry cleaner right now, I would call everybody that I had dry cleaning for and offer to deliver their clothes to them. So you could collect the money. <laughs> so I could collect the money, right? So I can and ask for pickup. You know, do you have anything I can pick up? Honestly, we're probably not getting dressed up super fancy these days, but at least that would keep me moving forward in some direction. You know, we laugh about this because there's big companies doesn't affect as much. But if I was a cable provider and people had stopped using me for the cable portion and only using me for the Internet, 
I'd be calling everybody and saying, hey, can we can we bundle you up your cable? Because a lot of us that are streaming are paying for multiple services that literally were taken care of when I was paying for cable. You just got to think differently. You do. Now's also a great time to do planting. It's not a great time to harvest, but it's a great time to plant. And so what do I mean by that? Do some research. So if you're an investor, you know, trying to find leads or review your portfolio, Think about who you're working with. Is there a strategic partner that you can join up with that maybe you can either wholesale deals to or have that or buy their wholesales? If you guys are agents reaching out to property management companies because now you can't list property, can you go help them in some way? Can you go look at their vacant properties? If I'm a contractor, I'd be calling every property management company on the planet and saying, hey, we've been, you know, we've been working with so-and-so. They, you know, they may not need me right now, but I have some available time. What can I do for you? If I was a banker and I had okay. SBA loans, I'd be calling everybody, everybody. I know <laughs> because the government is making money available through the SBA. I'd be calling and saying, Hey, yeah, you want a link to sign up online? You don't even have to come in. If I was a restaurant in a strip mall, I'd be looking at who else is in the strip mall that we can team up for deliveries or that we could again, share, share resources. Now is a great time to build your list, to build your connections and to connect with people human to human. For those of you that maybe have never done marketing, now's a great time to put some marketing pieces. For you guys that are brokers and property managers on this call, the self-managed landlord is going to be lost. They are not going to know what to do. There's all kinds of you know, different laws and things like that. Provide value to them, get them, educate them, and they will come back to you possibly for full managed services because it's going to get harder. The next thing for everybody to do is process documentation. This is an excellent time to take the time to, again, think about your staffing, think about your roles, think about every process and every department being taken care of and written down so that anybody else can pick up. The reality is everybody's not coming back. I'd hate to say that, but again, I told you we'd be brutally honest with you. Not everybody's going back to the way it was. So how are you posed to take advantage of that for you? So, so if your staff does a particular job and they're doing it on their computer or they're doing it through phone calls or whatever, have them record the video and the audio of what they do. So that becomes then a guide for somebody that's doing cross training. If you've got a, a management software or a business software program, there's a lot of training modules on there. Those modules, each other can train on. Figure out for your staff who uses which ones and make sure everybody uses all of them that you can be cross-trained so that when things do come back and if you're short staff, you'll be better equipped for it. And there are tons and tons of training classes right now. Sharpen your sword. Learn something new. Tell your staff to go and learn a new skill. Expand their horizons. And so we really just want to leave you with a couple of tips. First of all, stay healthy. Eat right. Exercise. Get plenty of rest. These are going to be times that we look back on and we're going to sigh a relief. But for right now, we need to, we need to take care of ourselves physically. Watch your mental attitude, and I recommend that you get off Facebook <laughs> or limit yourself to some degree and find reputable news sources uh, to get your news from. I see a lot of stuff 
in various groups online and they're just filled with negativity and doom and gloom and that is not going to help you review what's happening locally i know i heard on the radio there's a local city that's selling signs to put in your yard of encouragement about this will end soon <laughs> and it's helping artists who created them because they're artful looking but look at that and see what is happening locally what can you do in your community like i said we eat out we eat in but we eat from out restaurants to keep them going all you have to do is focus on the next decision you don't have to have everything figured out all the way down the wisest thing i was ever told a good friend of mine accountability partner said all you got to know what to do is make a decision to do the next right thing and then the next thing and then the next thing you don't have to sit there and worry about the next 10 things or the next 10 days make that decision to just do the next right thing and focus on what you can control. And I found this image and I wanted to share it with you because it, you know, there's lots of things on this outside that we can't control. We can't control if others follow the rules of social distancing, the actions of others. We can't predict what will happen, other people's motives, how people will react, how long it'll last, or the amount of toilet paper at the store. But we can focus on turning off the news or limiting social media, how we respond, how we take care of our own personal health, how we maintain our positive mental attitude. We truly hope everybody has enjoyed this time together. We are going to keep it open for a little bit for Q&A. So if you guys are finished, this is the end of our presentation. I've given you my email address in case you wanted to email me or wanted some resources. I am here for you. Mark is here for you. We know that if we help enough people, then it will help the world. And that's what we're all about. So I'm just going to go ahead and say thank you. Thank you all for being here. Hopefully these words are encouraging to let you know these are tough times, but we're going to come out on the other side and things are going to be much better than they are now. And this is an opportunity for you. This in, in the economic debacle, the people that kept the positive attitudes came out on the other side days, weeks, and months ahead of everybody else in recovery. And that's what we want you all to do. Be days, weeks, and months ahead of everybody else in the recovery that will be here shortly. All right. So again, if you've got questions, go ahead and ask them. And if not, we'll go ahead and close out. And of course, you have questions you want to address to us if personally. Private, really, yeah. Perfectly fine to email me as well. But we, again, I look forward to helping all of you as much as we can. Thanks for listening to NARPM Radio. For more details on today's subject, refer to the show notes or visit narpum.org radio, and we'll see you next time on NARPM Radio.